holding all my breath for a minute or so. Five days without food is as long as I'll go. I didn't sleep once for four days and three nights. I once didn't stop for seven red lights. I've jumped into water that's 50 degrees. I've rolled in a kayak in 30 foot seas. Stayed in the woods for a week with a knife. A flip when I lost it nearly cost me my life. 20 years later. I'm still upside down. It's a small world, but it's turning real fast. Upside down. To the skin of the stone I stop for a stranger just to give him a lift I cling like a lizard to the side of a cliff I treat every minute like an hour and then Feels like a year has just flashed by again We hold the foundation but where do we stand? Where all there is water and all water is land Twenty years later I'm still upside down Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? I'm doing great, and I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to hear the rest of that song because it's just so fucking good. How about intermission? <laughs> <laughs> the beatings will continue until morale improves. It's a lot of people that are upside down. <laughs> you know, every time... Somebody complains about the fish. We're just going to extend it another 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, wait. People, people complained? No. Okay, yeah, no. I didn't think no, so. No, no, no. Because no, 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 okay. no, no, it's no. insidebaseballcast at gmail.com. Okay, so I can delete your email before I even read it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, what a week, huh? Um, it has been, it's been, it's been an interesting week. Um, what, what, what stood out to you? What was exciting for you this week or what bothered you or or what made you happy? Well, you know, um, cause I know it wasn't the gold. Yeah. I, uh, I was up a little bit this week. You know, I told you I've been working on two, uh, two trades and, Mm um, they both, uh, well, I call them investments, but maybe now trades because they've okay. worked. <laughs> when, they, when they don't work, they go in the investment part. Of course. Pocket. Oh, that's so funny. That, you know, that's how I, that, that's my exact <laughs> assessment. I am not a trader. Okay. And for the last, I don't know, six months, I've been a long-term investor. <laughs> um, so uh, one of them worked very well and uh, it was up 20%. And uh, the other was... Uh, it's a slow burn, but it was up a couple of percent. So, Whoa. Um, yeah, you know, um, this Whoa. is, uh, yeah, this is sort of a unusual week, I think, because, uh, you know, that word confluence where of things course. all sort of come together. So yeah. um, we uh, received reviews like all podcasts do, and I've calculated uh 
that we are in the top 3% of all podcasts in the world Jeez. with the number of viewers we have. So we've got 69 uninterrupted hours of yeah, you yeah. and me talking. <laughs> Nary a guest or mm-hmm. commercial message to be found. Mm-hmm. And we're coming up on 100,000 downloads. Mm-hmm. It's frightening. So it's it's... It's it's quite an accomplishment. I, I think we can both pat ourselves on the back. I yep. think you get to pat a little harder than I do because in my mind, this would not have happened without you. Um, uh, and it wouldn't have happened without Kevin, but we'll deal with him in a little bit. <laughs> um, in the second hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a 45-minute break between, so everyone yeah, exactly. got to take a leak. <laughs> um, so uh, one of uh, – we've gotten some traffic on the website where there have been people making some comments. And actually, I've been very pleased in, a, in, a, in several ways. One is that people have taken the time to go to the website, look at some of the stuff that I have found interesting. and share their opinions and comments and criticisms. Yep. And um, there was the line of the week, and I, I don't have the fellow's name, but uh, we can go back and look at it later. He said, uh, Web 2.0, <laughs> oh, yeah. if if uh, you don't know what the product is, you're the product. Mm-hmm. And the best is uh, Web 3.0. If you don't know where the yield is coming from, it's you. I hope he trademarked that. Okay. Oh um, my fucking whoever that fellow was, and we'll find his name. Kudos, chapeau, Thomas well Stark. Thomas Stark. Okay. So everybody can send a nice Memorial Day note. Go go track him down on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to find him on Web 2.0. If you're not paying for the product, you're the product. Web 3.0. If you don't know where the yield comes from, you're the yield. So Tommy Stark two days ago killed it. Okay. Congratulations. Oh. We. I wish I had gotten that out, and you got it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you know what do they say? Um, Smart people invent geniuses steal, something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's interesting. All right. Well, let me work through this concept with you. Um, so years and years ago, uh, when um, uh, Snowboard Fish fan, myself, and Robbie Wall went off to start uh, the hedge fund 515 Capital Management, I think we were open for four years and Everybody made money and kind of the market's quieted, so we closed it up. Um, but as we're getting this business started, Cheryl uh, had said to me, what's your guy's mission statement? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh? She <laughs> says, you know, a mission statement. That's every business is supposed to have a mission statement. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. She's like, what's the purpose of your business? What are you hoping to achieve? And I'm like, Make money. Make as much as much <laughs> yeah. money as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. 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 Two words. Yeah. Make money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that thing from Risky Business. Marketing and sales. We don't even have a product yet. Right. Um. So I thought, uh, just uh, not to put you on the spot too much here, but because of one of the comments. Uh, we received and made me think a little bit. And I thought maybe uh, I'd be curious to get your opinion if you thought about it for a minute and cared to share with me what you thought the purpose of our podcast is. If we go back to episode one, I think we said that we're just going to try to give people a little bit of insight on the workings of the market And I don't want to say how to not make mistakes, but share your experience and people can take from that whatever they may, and they can learn from me asking you questions and you providing guidance and whatever wisdom that you feel comfortable sharing, which to to date has been 70 hours worth of, to me, priceless wisdom that, yeah, you, you don't sit here and say, okay, you know, buy Home Depot. You tell it in a different way, all right, and there's you can learn from it different ways. I, I don't need to go through the list of lessons that I've learned, you know, but 
that's that's the idea is to you know people can o- listen to o- overhear our conversation and learn a little bit mm-hmm. so you know we're not here just to chew the fat and make each other laugh even though that's what it, we do but every week there's some sort of of education or or jewel that people can drag out of it i think okay well let me dig a little deeper kind of like the psychologist in goodwill hunting where he's like come on will a little more a little yeah. more <laughs> You were going to jump me. <laughs> um, but aside from that, I mean, personally, what do you, what, what, is there any element of this that you like, you don't like, you look forward to, you don't look forward to? No, I love talking to you every week. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, I mean, for me, uh, I guess it's unfair because I kind of ambushed you with this yeah. question. Thanks a lot. But um, yeah, well, you know, you <laughs> You've always been good at thinking on your feet. <laughs> um, so for me, first and foremost, uh, I enjoy chatting with you. I, I've always found, and I mean, it's got to be 10 plus years we've known each other. And, you know, you've got this rare skill that a small number of younger men, I can't say young anymore, but younger men do where they they meet somebody a bit older, they develop a connection, and they ask intelligent questions, and they listen. And then they take in what they heard, and they may ask for further sorts of questions or ask it a different way. Or, And when I meet somebody like you, and there's a handful of other people, I it, it really gives me a feeling of purpose. And so... Um, What's happened here is a couple of things. One is it gets us on our schedule on a, on a weekly basis, right? I mean, how many friends do you have out there that you really like? And because one thing happens and you're going to meet them for a drink Tuesday, but then the bosses, can you work late? And, of and you realize months go by, right? So this of way I, I get to literally see you and speak to you once a week, which, which I derive a great deal of value from. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, uh, it's a chance for me as part of my process, and maybe we'll get this to this later, about how I think about the markets, which helps me in the markets. Um, it's a chance for me to connect with my children and people I'm close to in a way that uh, uh, they've all come back and told me they've enjoyed. And, and so that feeling of purpose is something, you know, if your IQ is north of 110, okay, and you're managing to make a little bit more money than just to survive, you know, you, you need to have reasons for doing things. And, and that sense of purpose, uh, I get fulfilled here. Um, to drill down a little bit, you know, what were my goals, I guess, uh, in terms of the practical aspects of what we're talking about. One is, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and uh, I understand there are guys who uh, are smarter, made more money, did it longer, whatever. But, you know, uh, I don't hear a lot of them when I spend small amounts of time on Twitter or these mm-hmm. other forms mm-hmm. of cancer that seems to have invaded our society. Um, and so as you ask me questions and I bring up things, we get a, we get a conversation going that I've, I've discovered people feel like they're part of the conversation. Like I've had people actually tell me they've tried to ask questions in the middle of what we're talking about. That's why sending you an email on the, uh, the podcast.com, whatever it is, mm-hmm, or going to mm-hmm. the website. I think uh, with very few exceptions, anyone that's sent a, uh, a legitimate question, I, I've attempted to, or you've yep. attempted to answer. So I'm, we're, we're delighted to do that. Um, the other thing I wanted to do, one of the other things I wanted to do is having uh, been around long enough and you can attribute it to success in trading, or you can attribute it to the Peter principle where you get moved up within an organization 
to your level of incompetence. Um, I've met a lot of these very successful guys. I've been involved in uh, runnings of companies. And I think that uh, the ability for somebody like myself, who's been in these situations, to be able to cry bullshit on certain things, I, I think hopefully gives the average guy a little insight into demystifying the crap that goes on behind the curtain, which by the way, it's the same crap that goes on in front of the curtain. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, that's kind of like my mission statement. And, and so what kind of triggered this thing was somebody, uh, sent us a note. I forget where we saw it, but they started out by bitching about fish and, (laughs) I'm like, you know, it's like yelling at your wife. It doesn't matter. You've already, you've already lost the argument. Am I right? Am I right? That's what, okay. I've never yelled at my wife, so I have no idea. <laughs> let let see, alone about fish. <laughs> see, you've learned, young Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm confused. What was right. I talking about? Right. Uh, well, you you were going to talk oh, about okay. the, yeah. the, the insult, yeah. the, the insulting yeah. of the fish, which right. we immediately right. throw that in the trash. <laughs> right. So the comment was it it was a backhanded compliment, like old guy, successful career, interesting mm-hmm. stories, but there's no actionable information, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of led me to this mission statement, and the sort of thing that. I wanted to kind of, I don't know if it's get off my chest, mm-hmm. but I thought it might be a, a good midterm review, seeing as we're at session number 69, <laughs> everyone's, everyone's favorite number. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, you said it early in the episode today. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking for stock picks, this is the wrong place. And there's two problems that the person coming here is looking for stock picks. Okay. One is they're missing the benefit of what we have to offer. And two, they're being played. Okay. So let's talk about being played for a minute. Okay. Um, The financial times, uh, I think the British call it the pinkum. Because okay. it's a pink color. Yep. Um, and by the way, I, you know, Gilbert Godfrey died. Yeah. The comedian. Of course. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, he he. I and I don't think you'll let me tell it, but if we have time, I heard a joke of his in the car with Cheryl, and it was politically incorrect. And Cheryl I was didn't eight, laugh. <laughs> well, she laughed. She's okay, got a okay. sense of humor. You can't okay. be married to me for this <laughs> right, long. Right. But I was able to make a politically correct. Okay. So, All right. Second hour. Back. Hour or two. Yep. Okay. Okay. So um, we're talking about uh, what the stock picking? Yeah. And, stock picking. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. How that? Oh, you're being played. Okay. So this week, one of the cryptocurrencies, which one was it? Pick one. What, Terra? Well, the one that blew up. Terra. Terra. Terra, Terra. Form. Yep. Okay. So the, the Financial Times did a uh, oh, a, yeah. a piece which the Lezer forwarded to me. Oh, yeah. Um, it's called something like the Hall of Shame. Yep. And yep. Pic- picture number one, Mike Novogratz. <laughs> Picture number three is Marco Di Maggio. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think he's related to Joe. No, yeah, yeah. no. And then um, there's this other one, and uh, Raul Powell. Powell. What? What about the doctor? Wasn't there a doctor, a surgeon? Didn't he yeah, make the list? He, he, well, m- maybe. Okay, uh, okay. He's he's the guy at the the sta- stable coin, the big stable coin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tether. Tether. Oh, yeah. Tether. Yeah. No, I thought Raul Paul was the guy from. uh... No. Raul Paul is the former Goldman, quote, hedge fund trader who uh, started Real Vision. Okay. Okay, Let's let's start with him. 
Okay, just we'll we'll come back to Novo. <laughs> um, so I, I I picked him because um, our good friend Kevin Muir, who uh, we really both have to thank because mm -hmm. he he kicked us in the ass and got us started right. So uh, he invited me to join him on this uh, mm -hmm. thing that Rao Paul does. Mm -hmm. He's got some TV show or I don't mm -hmm. know what the thing's fucking called. Anyway, uh, Kevin asked me to be on it with him. Mm -hmm. And like an hour before the podcast is supposed to be taped, which is live, I find out like you got to pay to see this thing. I remember. And I'm like, what? Yep. It was behind a paywall. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, for fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to. I couldn't pull the rug on Kevin, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I did it. But I started thinking about um, this uh, Paul guy. Yep. I, I'm, get, I'm pronouncing his name wrong, so if you want to make fun of me, go no, ahead. You, just, you can look at it. It's Raul Pal, P-A-L. Okay, you're, okay. you're good. Who yeah. cares? So um, he's out there charging people yep. to watch this stuff. Yep. And I'm sure some of it's good. I mean, I was on it, so it all can't be bad. But, um, <laughs> you know, he basically, according to the FT, he said you can put up your money in this thing, and it's a virtually riskless 20%. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. how'd that work out? Mm -hmm. And and then he goes on somewhere to say how, yeah, it didn't work out, but uh, I didn't have any skin in the game. <laughs> You know what? If if I weren't such a gentleman, I'd whip out the c word. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know what? A fucking yeah. cunt. Yeah. Huh? I mean, <laughs> so dude, there. he has gotten dragged for all of that. Okay, that is that is not gone unnoticed. That that he that I, I mean he I, he's I, had a rough month. And I, it's I, people like that. It doesn't matter. Hundred percent. It doesn't, it's just, it's, it's, there's no bad publicity. Yep. Same thing, same thing. Let's go talk about Michael Novogratz a little bit. Uh, there's two elements of this, which I would like to bring up. There's the part that I think is factual and the part that's innuendo. And the innu innuendo part, I will say is it's more of a rumor because rule number one. So like Peter's, Rule number one is no one's ever been fired for losing money in a down market. Mm -hmm. Okay. Rule number one for me is don't get your fucking ass sued. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Novogratz went and started this company called Fortress with Wes Eden's genius, Rob Kaufman, supposed to be a very talented guy, and Pete Bridger, uh, another genius. Okay. Mm -hmm. And somehow, Novo got dragged in there and Novo was going to run the hedge fund. And it's my understanding that no Novo blew up and closed the fund. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Then the innuendo rumor part is it's a little vague. This is several years ago, but I remember when he left there, it was, it was unusual. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now he's out running around with his posse wearing his crushed violet jacket with a gold <laughs> necklace and a fucking tattoo. And this Blue is up. the guy, this is the guy you're following into battle. <laughs> Come on guys on me. Everyone on me. Yeah. yeah okay. Regular general Patton. <laughs> and, and, and so, um, once again, I'm I'm completely bamboozled because this is Saturday morning and I haven't really. <laughs> but um, the the person who's looking for the stock tip when I said you're getting played, this is how it works. Let's pick someone we all know, Billy Ackman. Billy, <laughs> no, no, and I don't mean this is a Bailey, but it's uh, you can you you can go and you can look it up. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, a, yep. Just to prove I'm not making this stuff up. Oh, I know. So Bill will go and he'll discover, a, let's just pick long because he's had more luck being long than short, but he'll go acquire a position in something. And then once he gets enough of a position, he'll go, oh, by the way, 
na 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 boo boo, and the stock's up twenty percent. Yep. So, yep. is he? Does he come come up in the morning and say to everybody, "Oh, I like the railroads, and I'm going to go buy railroads"? No, he accumulates a fucking position in the thing, and then he tells everyone. And so, if you're looking for the stock tip, uh, you know, I mean, don't ask go, me. Yeah, go watch Kramer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, that's why I think the the notion of uh, listening to other people. Um, yeah, looking for stock tips. Uh, that's not really, that's, that's not really how I think ways are supposed to go. Now, don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, someone will, something will come across. And, um, one notable one was, uh, Leslie, this is a number of years ago, uh, found this stock. Uh, and uh, whenever he likes something, he sends it across to me. And mm-hmm. uh, generally, um, I, I just it's just not my thing, right? I know, yeah. And yep. Uh, but a couple of them have been my thing. And and one was uh, Microsoft <laughs> when it was at like forty eight. Amazing. And by the way, that was the largest stock trade I've ever done in my life. I bought Microsoft at 48 or 50. And um, <sighs> sometime after that, he, I think it was sometime, it had to be after that, he called me up and said, there's this thing going on with these uh, wireless licenses. You know, like there's 4G, yeah, now yeah. there's 5G, although this 5G uh-huh. thing seems to be a fucking piece of shit because it's not, but anyway, one of these companies had accumulated a bunch of these licenses, but if they didn't put them to work by a certain amount of time, they were going to lose the right to them. Interesting. And it was this company, I think, called Straight Path, something like that. Yeah, Straight Ace, Path. Okay, yeah. I, I think that's what it was. Anyway, it's in the history books. But he said, you know, as a spec, this is an interesting play. It could go to zero, but blah, blah, blah. So um, there was just something about the Internet of Things that kind of was in my ear and the cloud was gone. And, Mm -hmm. you know, from what I read, this 5G really made a difference. Although I guess I don't know now if it does or not. But Right. So anyway, uh, I do what I normally do is I, I punched up the stock on Bloomberg. And there's a function on Bloomberg called uh, HDS. Okay. And that shows people who have filed with the SEC that they have a position of some significance. Okay. And so I start looking down who owns this thing. And it's in a bunch of different places. But it was owned by a company. One of the shareholders was a company called Gilder Gagnon. Gilder Gagnon. Now that name means nothing to anybody. Right. Except it meant a lot to me. Okay. So <laughs> go okay I come on. Let's go. So it's nineteen eighty four, eighty five. Oh, I walk into Arbor G. Lanston and I'm the twenty five year old long bond trader. And the two-year note trader comes up to me and says, my next-door neighbor works for this company called Gilder Gagnon, and they're a stock house. But they think interest rates are too high, and uh, so they come in every so often, and they buy a block of long bonds. And he said, I'll come over, and I'll tell you how many they want, and you tell me roughly what it costs, and I'll get them to okay it, and then you'll go and buy them for them and we'll pay you a little bit of money kind of thing, commission, sort of non-risk. Sure. And so, uh, I don't know, for, it seemed like every week for the next three years, these guys were waving in long bonds like there was no tomorrow. Interesting. 14s, 13 and a quarters, 12 and a half, 11 and three quarters, 11 and a quarters. Um, 
10 and a halves. Yeah. Nine and a quarters, nine and seven eighths, seven and a half, seven and a quarters. They, I mean, they epic. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And um, then, then they fucking went away. Interesting. <laughs> and a couple years later, um, the rates are now down in the low sevens, high sixes. And the two-year trader comes back and says, uh, Max aside, it's time to to let them fly. Yeah. So we start pitching these bonds. And, you know, it was like the fucking guy, he crushed it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, like, I left and changed jobs. Must be 30 years goes by. I never hear Gilder Gagnon again, right? But you'll so, never forget that. But name, how right? could you forget that, right? Of course. So, so Leslie tells me about this thing, and he's full disclosure about everything. He'll tell you if it's a long-term hold. Yep. He'll tell you if it's a flip. The whole thing. Got and it. Um, keeping in mind, I've done two percent of what he told me. It kills me that I haven't just turned all of my money over to him and my brother. <laughs> but 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 in any event. Say that, at, say, say that again because I just that might be the line of the of all 70 episodes you should have just given it to Leslie and Mark yeah, we wouldn't even have a show <laughs> we wouldn't have a show and uh, yeah I, okay. I I was gonna say I wouldn't have any gray hair but I really don't so I but but in any event I, I for whatever reason because I saw this Gilder Gagnon thing I bought an unusually large position. Now, for okay. a spec, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not going to tell you I made millions and millions of dollars, but I, I asked Lizzie about this the other day. I think it was like a 10-bagger. I think it went up like 10 times. But but there's more to the more to the story, right? And Leslie mm-hmm. and I were kind of bemoaning this because at yeah. this point, he was at home and I was at home. And on, let's say, I, I'm just going to give you a general sort mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. So on Thursday, the stock closes, I don't know, at 40. Okay. Okay. Then the news comes out that AT&T is going to like buy it. And it goes from 40 to 90, something like this. Okay. Yeah. And Leslie and I are both happy. But, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're drunk on our success, right? Yeah. And, and, and we're both saying, yeah, you know, it's probably going higher because, you know, someone else. And we're like, yeah, but uh, well, let's just keep it and see how it works out. Okay. Yep. One of the top three biggest blunders of, I'll say, my life. I won't say Leslie's life. But, you know, and we both agreed. Had we been sitting together? in a trading room, we would realize, you know, somebody's going to come in and bid higher. We should just go buy some out of the money calls. We should take uh, the five times we made yep. right, and taken a chunk of that and bought some higher up strikes, but no drunk with our success. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you probably like, went out on your bike or something. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had visions of finishing Leadville in under 12 hours. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so neither of us, we keep the stock because we figure it's going to trade up a bit more. And I don't know, a couple of days later, someone else comes in and the thing now trades up to like 150, 160. <sighs> and don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we went very well, but right. the point was, you know, had we been sitting together, you know, it, yeah. it could have been wow. something else. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that's that's kind of a long-winded story about you know maybe why listening to stock picks might work, but <laughs> um, the fact of the matter is, I I think that uh, if I could communicate something which is more important than getting one or two stocks right or getting a sector right. You know that phrase, um, one of, uh, 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 who's that uh, religious guy? Uh, Jesus Christ, right? And he speaks. Stop shuffling your cards. Sorry. He speaks to uh, Kathy Wood. 
on a regular right. basis. Oh no, yeah. that's no, 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 no. That's this is the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is the Holy Spirit talks to. I'm Kathy. sorry. You know what? I, I it's just, understand. Yeah. You're you're not one of us. It's fine. I'll let it slide. But the Holy Spirit comes to her. Divine, you know, the divine intervention. You know, she just closes her eyes up at the house in Wilton, and he comes and talks to her. Yep. Is that where he said, "Feed a man." <laughs> Give a man a fish he eats for a day. Yes, yes. Teach him. Okay, okay. So what I'm trying to do through all of these things is help people develop a framework about how you individually go about managing your money or creating money for yourself, right? Yep. And so the prior, prior two episodes, uh, I talked about trades that we did that or were done uh, where professionals made mistakes, right? And the, the purpose of that is to show you that, you know, even when you think you know what you're doing, you're not, you're not going to do stuff right. And so uh, when you start listening to the experts and taking everything they say at face value, that you know, it, it what I did, I will say I may not have been the best, but there mm -hmm. were very few people any better. Okay. And we still made mistakes, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you got this guy who um is in the wall of shame, right? What was his name? Let me find it. Marco DiMaggio. Okay. Mm -hmm. He talked about putting together uh the stable coin. And in there, he talked about the peg being, quote, highly robust based on one million years worth of simulation data. Jesus. Three years later, the dollar peg was anything but. Okay. <laughs> so what can I tell you? I, we've done all sorts of simulations, okay, whether we've gone backwards and used actual data. Mm-hmm. Or whether we've gone forwards and used what might be called a Monte Carlo simulation. Yep. And none of them accurately model the panic somebody's feeling <laughs> when they're watching their life go down the fucking Yeah, stairs, yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you listen to this guy, uh, you know, it's the... Um, I think it's called the Gelman amnesia. You okay. ever heard of this thing? No. Okay. So there's this physicist. I think his name is Murray Gelman. Okay. And, and he'll say, you'll pick up the newspaper and there'll be a story. And the story will be written about something that you have firsthand knowledge of. Sure. Okay. And you'll read it and you'll be like, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you go, bunch of dopes. And then you flip the page and there's another story and you're like, oh my God, I never realized that this guy's so smart, but yeah, it, it's yeah. the same coconut type. Yep. Okay. Okay. So there's a name. So, so there's a name for that. So um, what I think was unfortunate is in the FT, you have the story about the 1 million years of back testing. And then in the wall street journal, there's a surgeon who had $177,000 of his own money in this currency because Raul Paul told mm -hmm. him he could get 20% risklessly. You know, what, what can I say? I mean, you know. Tough Palmer. to have sympathy. Yeah, sorry, dude. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't like, it, it's not right to pick on any one guy because, mm -hmm. you know, it's that famous quote by Stalin, Death of a individuals, a, a tragedy. Death of five millions. A statistic. Wow. I mean, you know, we've been going on and on and on and on and on for weeks, actually over a year. Mm -hmm. And I can hear it in the schoolyard when we show up with our books. We're getting <laughs> chuckled at because we've been saying, "Oh, Mister Laser Eyes and Mister mm -hmm. Schiller P at thirty-five and all that," but it not, none of it. None of it makes sense. And so this is just spiraling out of control in my own mind. But the point I'm, trying, point I'm trying to make here is everyone needs to develop their own approach 
to how they go about trading. And so, for instance, let's talk about Kevin Muir, who we're both huge fans of, and we're both fully paid up subscribers. Okay. Um, that letter that Kevin puts out, I, don't, I, I have no idea, but I'm guessing that whatever he gets, because the, the subscription's a couple hundred bucks mm-hmm. a year or something, mm-hmm. that don't pay Kevin Muir's lifestyle. Okay. He's <laughs> out in the Greek islands and yachts and say, chicks yeah. and, yeah. you know, the limos, bimbos and lines. Yeah. And, but um, <laughs> I'm sure the reason he does that is because that's part of his framework. Yeah. Just like when we used to subscribe to Bridgewater, that was part of the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. People need to go out and develop a process. And so for me, I've talked about this a couple of times, I think, you know, I was a summer intern doing accounting. Um, I was well through advanced accounting and the whole thing. And I had a summer job and they threw the, a bunch of books on my desk and they said, reconcile the checking account. Mm-hmm. Now, what could be more simple than reconciling a checking account? Really? I mean, if you're an accountant, right? And so I sat there for like three fucking hours. I, I didn't know, you know, which end was up. And the senior came in and said, uh, wrap it up. Let's go. And I'm like, Bleh. and and she looked at me and, and she knew right away that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And she sat yeah. on next to me and said, okay, this is what we do. Okay. We find the beginning balance. Okay. Yeah. We look at the checks that we've written that haven't cleared. Yeah. We look at the deposits that have come in, but haven't been credited. Then we draw an ending balance and once we reconcile those things, the ending balance on the books should equal the ending balance on the bank statement. And, you know, the account's reconciled. Yep. And if you're off by, I think if you're off by nines, let's say you're off by $18. Mm-hmm. I think if it's divisible by nine, it's a transposition error, meaning you, you wrote a 78 instead of 87. Now in the, in the uh, modern era of Excel, you're not going to make, but she, I right. guess you could type something. So anyway, um, you know, she showed me how this thing worked and all of a sudden, like the fucking world fell into place for me. Then years later, uh, I was trading, uh, treasury futures and treasury bonds. And back at that point, um, if you got hit with some bonds and, you wanted to keep them for a little while or you couldn't sell them or you could just bang out some futures. And there was this, a generic hedge ratio you would use. But there would be this thing called a net basis, which was the difference between the spot bond price yep. and the future bond price, which if you recall last week's episode, I had trouble convincing. I was going to say you had to explain it to those people at yeah, yeah, that place. Yeah, that place. Okay. So, um, for a while, I was wandering around in the woods, and metaphorically speaking, I know. and one of the future salesmen kind of sat me down, and he said, okay, it's clear to me you do not know how this works. And I said, thank you. And yep. so we basically took the futures price, multiplied it by the conversion factor, and that's what gave us an invoice price. Okay. So then we, we, t- we took the bond price and subtracted the invoice price. And the difference was what we now call the, the net basis. Okay. Okay. Actually, actually, yeah. Well, either gross or net. Um, I'm having a senior moment, but basically that number, when you subtracted those two things, was made up of the interest charge and a, a net number. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So once uh, he explained it to me, that's another one of these moments where the light, light bulb went off. So for me, my process, uh, because I don't trade ARB anymore, is I take a look at the two-year note. I take a look at the yield on the two-year note. 
And from there, I build up my interest rates. And yep. from my interest rates, I can build out uh, where bonds should trade. Hence, I had such a good bond trade that I spoke earlier. Or I can decide whether I think stocks are cheap or rich. And of course, we know by now that I never think they're cheap. So <laughs> that's an effort of utility. But it's this framework that I'm hoping people understand. So, you know, you combine that with the turn the map around. Where mm -hmm. do you want to be? You know, I want to be 60. I want to have this much saved. And you reverse engineer everything. You can make better investment decisions. Yeah. Uh, so. And you had, you now you said you had a woman came in and explained it to you and a man came in and explained it to you. And that happened. How old were you then? Well, the woman, uh, I was a summer intern. So that had to be, you know, I was like 20. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the futures, I was probably 25. Yep. Yep. Okay. But you had two seniors help you out. Yeah. Okay. Where they sat and explained it to you and they weren't like, oh, go, go figure it out, kid, you know? Um, and that's, that's kind of what you've done to me. You've explained things that I, if I don't understand it, you'll explain it. Whereas if you're a summer intern nowadays, if you're a summer, in, summer intern at Goldman, they're probably not going to sit down and explain it to you patiently and the light might not go on, you know? Maybe I, you know, it's hard for us to, right. Of course. It's hard, it's hard for us to know. Right. But um, the point is like, you've got those older people. Once you just, if, if, if you can shut up and listen, which I've made, made a show out of. Okay. If you can shut up and listen, there's, there's stuff to be learned out there. Um, and it might not be a direct ex explanation where it's, where Morris will explain it to you like a five-year-old, but if you can soak some of something out of the hour that we talk, that's the idea, you know? And if the light, the light might go on a little bit, or maybe the switch gets hit and goes right back off. But like there's, there's, there's stuff to be gleaned from you talking oh, for 45 minutes an hour, you know? Thank you. I, I went up to cold spring, uh, this week. Thanks for to... the, no invite. Hello. 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 Some of us, some of us have jobs. No kidding. Jeez. <laughs> I went up to cold spring, uh, to meet Marty to go hiking mm -hmm. and, um, you know, with the fucking back. I mean, it's just, I know. Anyway, uh, I, once again, I'm moaning about being old, uh, <laughs> older. Um, yeah. Anyway, we were, we were um, uh, having lunch after because I'm competitive at lunch. It yeah. feels like I keep up with the best of them. <laughs> um, I was talking about how I crashed out in the back country. I mm -hmm. lost my phone. You lost your phone. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was laughing because he had heard the episode. But I, I said, you know, it's like kind of going through my thought process. Like you, you've been out in either the desert and the mountains. And if you go down below the ridgeline, you might as well be on fucking Mars. Oh, right? yeah. Because there's, mm -hmm. there's no, you have no sense of north, south, east, west. You, yep. I mean, I guess if you look at your phone, you might have a compass, like a lot of fucking good that's going to do you. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's 2022. I don't even yeah. compass, please. <laughs> How about a use the north? I'll wait all for night and use the north star. Come on. <laughs> yeah. The problem is at night, that's when the javelinas and the wolves come please. out. Jeez. But, uh, I, you know, I was telling him how I, I tried to remember the things I had learned from him over the years and, and yeah. I, I, I found my way, mm -hmm. I found my, my way out to ridicule from my wife, <laughs> hours of looking for my phone <laughs> in frustration, <laughs> several hundred dollars poor. Cause I had to yeah. beg the guy to drive me back to my car. <laughs> but I, the point is I survived. <laughs> right. Right. That yes. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I don't know. Um, what were the what, what were the confluence of events that that happened this week? Because because I have I felt like a fool this week. I have no idea. I I was just utter. I, I can't make sense. Heads or tails? Are we going up? Or are we going down? Um, we had down day, up day, and then Friday we just ramp it up. Um, what drove your little position twenty percent? What what's the confluence of events that happened for you? Well, the the um, the uh, reason that this position. Uh, 
I think is up 20%. And by the way, I think Uncle Mark got a taste of that. I don't, I'm just waiting for him to be surprised to either hear this or see it on his statement. But a couple things happened. One is the, the treasury rates backed up a great deal, right? And mm -hmm. then you had some, it's a muni bond, and there were some forced muni bond liquidations. And it happened to be in a bond that I've trafficked in. So I'm familiar with the details of the bond. Mm -hmm. And my guys called me up and said, hey, you know that, that bond that you like, there's some out for the bid. And I've been watching this thing every week for years. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and I've been in it and I've been out of it. And I've been out of it since the COVID thing, right? And, yep. and uh, it was trading rich. And all of a sudden, because there had been panic in the market and the rates were backing up, nobody wanted anything. So I, I stuck a bid in and they hit me. And I, I took pretty much all of what they had. Wow. Um, figuring that uh, a year from now that the rates probably wouldn't, the, the longer rates probably wouldn't be a lot different. Mm -hmm. And that uh, even if they were higher, meaning I would lose money, the carry I would earn, you know, the interest on the, the, the bond would be enough to that I'd break even. So it felt like a, a pretty asymmetrical bet. Then what happened was the long end rallied because one of your guys said maybe September uh, they might take a pause. Mm -hmm. And uh, you will recall. Uh, that was my guy. <laughs> you will recall us saying that QT will not live to see the new year. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Um, and, and then the, the, the stocks rallied, so credit spreads narrowed. So that's yeah. I still have it. I you know I'm mm -hmm, not, mm -hmm. not getting ready to pitch it, but that's the confluence. Uh, okay. That's the confluence of events. The other confluence events is um, on our website. I had posted a comment that you had forwarded to me about Kathy Wood saying we're going to have four to six percent GDP growth for a few years, and then it's going to grow. Uh, up to fifth GDP is going to grow fifty percent a year, and right. I'm like, you are a fucking incompetent <laughs> dope. And I, I put it a little nicer than that, but yep. not a lot. And much to my relief, PhD head of AQR Cliff Asnes showed up saying, <laughs> "It's just stupid." Yep, yep, you I know? know. So yeah, anyway, I know. that was another confluence and. Uh, um, but the, the whole thing that if you don't know where the yield is coming from, you're the yield. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm taking that one with me. I'm claiming credit say, for you, it. And you're gonna get that. Can we get a T-shirt made of that, please? Maybe we inside baseball on the front, and you get that on the back. All right, those things will fly off the shelves. <laughs> I saw Larry Summers make a few comments, and this has got nothing to do with anything. But <laughs> all I can think of is when I see him shooting his mouth off, buddy. If I were you, I'd be spending my time scrubbing the internet of pictures of me standing next to Jeffrey Epstein. Oh yeah, uh huh. Because oh, I'm sure, I'm sure he like Bill Clinton. You know, we're, we're just friends. We're just yeah. talking. Yeah, we're just yeah, talking yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Holy smokes! Are we, are we are we willing to make that a? We can't make that a prediction, but <laughs> Larry Summers, please. <laughs> And Dershowitz, uh, Dershowitz was uh, hanging with them too. You've got a classy cast of characters in some of those photos. Trust me. Trust me. Yep. Well, um, so uh, any plans for the long weekend? No, I got nothing. I want you to talk about quantitative tightening. Can you, give me, can you tell me why that's not going to see the new year? Yeah, because they're talking about pausing the tightening of interest rates. <sighs> Okay. I, I, well, let me let me let me be a little bit more precise. I think that the economy is it's certainly slowing. Uh, I don't see where the next cycle of growth is going to come from, and I think the as the thunderstorms are starting, um, I don't see uh, where the boost is going to come from, and very quickly the inflation numbers are going to start to stabilize. The unemployment rate's going to go up. 
and they're going to say, well, you know, we took you know, the I rates heard up. And- I haven't heard stagflation. That term has been retired um, from, from yeah. the lexicon in the last month or so. Because I, I think that, that it's pretty sh- inflation is here and it is yeah. not going away. Um, what about demand destruction? You know, demand destruction, and you talk about the economy slowing. Let well, me, that's, like, that's what you see with the oil prices, okay. right? I mean, you know, you, you, oil prices, it's like over $4, it's $4.50 a gallon, right? Four ninety nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Steady four ninety nine. I'm yeah. ripping past a hundred bucks to fill the truck. And I'll tell you what, that makes that makes a difference. Um, that's I mean, your I, demand. That's your demand destruction. Bingo. Okay. So I was gonna tr- and also think prices like for airline tickets and stuff like that. I was thinking, you know, take the wife and daughter away somewhere. Blah 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 blah. And I looked and and double, triple everything. Hotels, flights is crazy. Okay. For now, for the summer. For now. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. For, for now. Yeah, for now. I, I think consumers are flush with cash, but their confidence is very low. Yep. I think once the unemployment rate starts to go up, they're going to put the uh, the brakes on and the prices are going to stabilize. We may not get much drop in prices, but you'll get enough demand destruction that inflation won't keep going at 5 or 6%. And uh, that's why I think the quantitative tightening will, you know, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. And they'll be like, yeah, we're going to take a break now. I'm going with that. Yeah. And uh, are you worried about the impact of quantitative quantitative tightening in June, July, August, September? Because some people have said that it is the, the, the thunders the thunder and storms are coming when yeah. that comes oh, yeah. and, the, and yeah. there'll be liquidity problems etc look i would defer to stock people but you had a massive rally on a friday yep that's not a bull market phenomenon that's a bear market phenomenon interesting and, and you know we're down 20 percent yeah you know this is what happens everyone people have cash it starts to run they feel like they're going to miss out on something they put their extra cash to work, and then they buy the high on Friday afternoon. So. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So quantitative tightening won't see the new year. The Christmas, they'll, they'll pull the plug around Christmas time, huh? Yeah, it'll be me and my Jewish friends going out looking for the Gentile children <laughs> to make our matzah. And we'll, t- and, we'll t- and we'll end the quantitative tightening. Too. <laughs> Listen, you have a great holiday weekend. Um. What do you What are your plans? What do you got going on? I'm, I'm not I'm not done here. All right, I'm not done. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, there's gonna there's a thunderstorm coming through, and it's gonna blow up this fucking podcast. And I'm not doing it a second time. <laughs> you got nothing you want to say to Kevin? Kevin Muir? Yeah. Uh, did I forget something? No, I don't think so. I just wanted to say thank you, Kevin, um, for putting this all together. We couldn't have done it without you. We hope you have a nice weekend up in Canada. All right. I'm playing the whole song.
Thank <laughs> you.